It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz. We're in Eugene, Oregon, on the campus of the University of Oregon, broadcasting in front of a live studio audience. Yes, they love it here. All right. Great crowd. Lots of energy. We have our first guest, Monica, here. Hi, Monica. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. And you have been volunteered, not by yourself, uh, but your teammates. We're with the student-athletes at the uh, University of Oregon, the Oregon Ducks, uh, in the Pac-12. And your student-athletes on this uh, student-athlete advisory committee have volunteered you to talk about the talent show that you guys, you guys just had to raise funds for the O-Heroes. Tell us about that. Well, a bunch of teams went up and either did a video submission or like a live act and had a bunch of people come in to look at them. Okay, and for uh, somebody like me and our listeners that's not too familiar with O-Heroes, can you tell us what O-Heroes is? Uh, Well, just a group of student-athletes that try to benefit the community. All right, okay, and... Really, why you're on the show and you've been volunteered by your peers is because of your talent. You were actually in the talent show, and I hear you sing. Is that correct? Yes. And you're going to sing for us right now. Can we get her to sing for us today? Okay. And you know what? This is only a half-hour show, so you don't have to do the whole song. Just uh, you know, do uh, a couple stanzas, maybe one chorus. Give me, give me something. Of what? I don't... What was the song you sang in the talent show? Oh, the cup song. The, the cup song. All right. All right, how's the cup song go? Um, I got my ticket for the long way round. Two bottle whiskey for the way. And I sure would like some sweet company. And I'm leaving tomorrow. What do you say? It's Monica! All right. That was awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your talents with us. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank I, you. I mean, maybe so you keep working, you'll be able to talk as well as you sing someday. <laughs> Adam Ritz is a media personality and keynote speaker interviewing amazing people from coast to coast. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Ritz or listen to him now on The Adam Ritz Show. Rolling along in Memphis, Tennessee on the campus of the University of Memphis with the Memphis Tigers head football coach. This is Justin Fuente. Hi, Justin. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I'm uh, doing great. And I love you. I love this campus. I love what you've done. I've loved, I love what you've done with the place. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a new attitude here. You've got a year under your belt as head coach. Uh, uh, we're, our, we're inside the team meeting room right now, which looks like an NFL facility. I mean, this place is top notch. So tell us a, real quick about, uh, I guess, your initiatives. When you took over the job, what, what are some of the focuses? I see your four pillars of leadership, possibly. Tell us about what you do here with the Memphis Tigers football team. Well, we took over a situation that hadn't been very good, and uh, we felt like we we really needed to uh, hammer home some very key fundamental points. We didn't feel like 
giving the kids a list of 25 things and trying to emphasize all those things was was really what we wanted to do. So we introduced kind of the four pillars of our program, and we even kind of cut it down further than that, and really emphasized personal accountability, which is one of the one of the, the pillars of, of what we're trying to get across to our kids. And along with that, we kind of established a leadership council. We felt like it was important that we try and facilitate some leadership. We knew, uh, you know, we had kind of a young group that were going to follow something. We wanted them to follow uh, a group of guys that were going in the right direction. And we also wanted it to be a, a council that, that got rewards, that got to do cool things or got access to, to neat and different stuff. So, um, you know, we've put together this council council of ten or twelve guys that, uh, you know, they they've got kind of special locker recognitions. Their 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 color their their workout clothes are different colors. They have uh, their own lounge where they can go in and watch TV and hang out together. So we've we've rewarded them, and then we've expected that or we expect them to kind of carry out and live up to those expectations. So it's okay. been kind of kind of fun groundwork to lay. So I, earlier today I was in the weight room and I saw a bunch of your players working out. I did see some of those guys with black T-shirts on, uh, and they're members of your leadership council, and they get some special perks. So i got to believe that some of the guys that don't have black T-shirts on, they want that black T-shirt. Well, that's the goal. And, you know, we try and hold those guys in black T-shirts kind of up to uh, another level and, and try and make, you know, kind of encourage those other guys uh, to – to, to attain that level. You know, I've been places where we had a leadership council, but all they did was administer discipline. You know, you, the coach met with them whenever somebody got in trouble and you talked about what to do with it. And I wanted it to be more than that. I wanted it to be a symbol uh, that we could hold up in front of guys, that, that we gave them access to the media, that they were the kind of the forefront of our program as we, as we built this thing from the ground up. Our guest is Justin Fuente, the head football coach at the University of Memphis. And your four pillars. Now, am I allowed to mention them, or is this a closed-door meeting? No. Can we talk about these four <laughs> pillars? Because, you know, and I understand a football team is uh, its a family, and it's tight-knit. And what's said in the locker room, we want to keep it in the locker room. That's where a lot of people get in trouble with the media when they let some sure. of those secrets out. So I don't want to let the cat out of the bag about your four pillars unless that's okay. But one of them jumps off the page at me. Can I talk about it? Sure, absolutely. Uh, this is a social awareness radio show. We mm-hmm. talk about social awareness issues like bullying and hazing. Uh, and a lot of uh, Facebook and Twitter responsibility. And your four uh, pillars here that I can read right off the wall in your team meeting room are uh, competitive excellence, personal accountability, which you've said is is really what it all boils down to, personal accountability, academic integrity, and then this one right here, social responsibility. So as a social awareness radio host, i got to pinpoint this one, social responsibility. Tell us about that. Well, we feel like that we have a platform here to influence other people's behavior. And, uh, you know, I think it's important that our guys recognize that we have a social responsibility that comes with playing Division One football. Uh, I think it's also important that our coaches realize that too. So in turn, we try and flip our kids right back around and put them out in the community, put them in junior highs, put them in elementary schools. So, uh, you know, they can serve as an example of what can be accomplished through the old uh, hard work and discipline and a good attitude uh, will, will yield results. So uh, we've tried to to make that a, a pillar of what we're trying to accomplish in, in the Memphis area. Now, I didn't see uh, bench press on your pillars. Well, that comes with competitive <laughs> excellence. <laughs> that Within competitive excellence, now you get to talking about uh, bigger, faster, stronger, mentally tough, okay. those sorts of things so that uh, – 
Because, you know, everybody thinks, you know, the, the four pillars are important and they are what we talk about, but usually somebody will say, well, what about winning ball games?" And, you know, our deal is usually when, when we've got all four of those going and humming in the right direction, then those wins take care of themselves. All right. Social awareness, we're talking leadership and accountability with head coach at Memphis football. It is Justin Fuente. And before I let you go, I want to talk about your age. Pretty young guy. I don't know how old you are, but I can guess you're in your low thir- mid to low 30s. Uh, how does that help or connect you to these student athletes? Well, I am. I'm 36 years old. Um, I'm much grayer than than I am age-wise. I guess I'm pretty gray for a 36 year old. But um, you know, I you know it wasn't that long ago that I was sitting in that chair, and uh, you know I think that helps relate just a little bit. Um, you know, I think they understand that that uh, you know wasn't that long ago that that I was facing some of the same issues from day-to-day activities to to uh, you know social pressures and so on and so forth that that they're facing um you know and then also we've sprinkled in some older guys on our staff to make sure we have some a little bit of that uh old wily veteran uh guy with sage advice that you can go to but Um, you know, I like to think it helps a little bit. That's great. Okay. Well, uh, your home games are played in the Liberty Bowl. And uh, before I let you go, I got to ask, uh, will you let me call up a third down play this uh, year in the home opener? Uh, yeah, we play Duke um, on September 7th. So you, you want to <laughs> chuck it, we can chuck it. If you want to run it, we can run it. That's fine with me. We're going we're gonna to pick up the tempo a little bit this year. So we'll, uh, you better call it fast. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's head coach Justin Fuente with Memphis Football. Thank you so much for joining us, Coach. Adam, I appreciate you coming out here. Thank you. Hi, this is head coach June Doherty from Washington State Women's Basketball, and you're listening to The Adam Ritz Show. Our guest is Bob Mangine. He is the uh, director of sports medicine and associate athletic director for the University of Cincinnati Bearcat Athletics. Hi, Bob. How are you today, Adam? I'm doing fantastic, and today's topic with our conversation is going to be about community service, and you were just bragging to me about all the community service that your student-athletes do and perform. Tell us about the uh, community service from the Bearcat perspective. Well, I think from the Bearcat perspective, it's critical uh, for you to teach your kids to give back. I think kids today need to accept responsibility, and the fact is, you know, when you're a Division I college athlete, football, basketball, soccer, you know, the little kids come out and watch you play. And it's important that you get back into the community, give back to the kids, so the kids really can see you as a role model because you really are a role model. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's such negative publicity today in the media about, you know, professional athletes, college athletes, the negative uh, problems they get into. Part of our philosophy is to put our players in a positive position. And the best positive position is to have the kids go into the community or bring the kids out uh, to us uh, and, and have that interaction because then our players feel that responsibility to, hey, there's actually this little kid that's watching me play. Here's a little young man who I can influence or a young girl I can influence. And I think that if we can get our young kids today who have been pampered into the mode that they have a social responsibility, then I think that's critical in their learning development. Well, I have to imagine, too, that um, one of your student-athletes, after a interaction or community service with a young person, uh, and we're talking like elementary age school kids that they work with, maybe reading or something like that, right. i got to believe that they walk away from that really be, almost being more touched by that by that kid than the kid was by the student athlete. Well, when Antron Archer, who's our director of player personnel, has a community service, and, and one of the big ones is reading to the kids. 
uh, going into the elementary schools, the junior high schools, uh, and having our kids interact with the young kids in a reading mode or, or some sort of math mode. Our players really, you never have to worry about having enough players. He has too many players. Everybody wants to volunteer because, as you said, when you go into there and you, you see those eyes bright, light up and, and the kids' expressions, a smile, uh, you get that positive feedback. The kids like that, and the kids want to go back for more. It's almost uh, contagious to some of our players. Bob Mangine is our guest, the Associate Athletic Director in charge of sports medicine for the University of Cincinnati. We're talking about community service. How do you, um, I guess, get hooked up with these organizations that have children? Do they contact you and say, hey, we hear you do this reading program. Will you come, will you send your basketball team to read with our kids? Or how how do you hook up with these groups? Well, it it is just that way. It's a lot of the community groups, the schools, uh, community centers who will call Antron or or Cassandra Thorpe, our life skill director, and, and ask for our kids to come out and and read to the kids or or work with the kids and our players love to do it and i think that that it gives them that opportunity to interact with somebody and be in a role model mode because it wasn't too long ago when they were that little kid looking up to somebody whether it be college or or pro uh, to serve that role so i think our kids really feel good about that Get socially technical with The Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social, technically. We have a very special guest now. I'm at Furman College in Greenville, South Carolina, with Luke. Hi, Luke. How are you? I'm doing well, Adam. Thanks so much for having me. You are Luke Christie. You are the national spokesperson, or is it the national junior spokesperson for the Muscular Dystrophy Association? That's right. I am the National Youth Chairman for the Muscular Dystrophy Association, and in that role, I have the privilege of representing uh, MDA to the country in a way. I work mostly, though, with our young adult groups, our youth sponsors, and those include, but are not necessarily limited to, uh, Kappa Alpha Order Fraternity, uh, DECA, which is a high school and college association of business and marketing students, and the National Beta Club, which is a service-oriented academic honor society for middle and high school students. Uh, And these guys raise money and awareness for MBA throughout the year with chapter fundraisers and uh, events that they organize on their schools and uh, campuses. And so I work with them and provide resources, uh, provide information about MBA, thank them for the work that they're doing, and just try to help out in any way that I can. So In that way, I am basically just a liaison from MDA to our sponsors because as a nonprofit, we couldn't do anything that we do without the support of uh, those guys. So, and and as a youth, it's it's especially cool for me to get to work with people my own age. Uh, I really really enjoy that. And you're a stu- college student at Furman, uh, 19 years old. You told me, how does uh, being a spokesperson for MDA uh, affect your studies on campus? Is there a lot of travel? Do you, uh, as an ambassador for MDA, are you coast to coast and you get to miss a couple of tests? <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, the it does pose its its own set of challenges. Um, actually. And, and I suppose this makes sense. Working with youth groups, are they're very conscious of academic schedules because we're working with, with fellow students. And so a lot of my travel takes place in the summer. Uh, for example, KA's national convention uh, is every other year, and it's always in the summer before school starts. So I don't miss any school for that. Um, DECA is usually in the spring, 
And so I sometimes have to shift around my final exam schedule and, and make some make some adjustments. But it's definitely worth it, and uh, it's just such an amazing opportunity. And it's it's like I said, something that I, I really love to do. But it's, it's a balance, and um and I think it's it's one that I've worked to develop over the years. And and I think if you can do it, then it's it's something you should definitely do. So muscular dystrophy, uh, the uh, disease, uh, you know, for, uh, for our listeners, w- what is it and how do you, uh, how does it affect you? Well, muscular dystrophy is actually an umbrella term that uh, is it's a category of diseases. We have a total of 43 that are covered um, specifically under that name and by the Muscular Dystrophy Association. They're all neuromuscular diseases. Uh, they're degenerative uh, skeletal muscular diseases, which basically means that uh, somewhere in your nervous system, your neurotransmitting processes, the, the, the signals are not making it to your muscles to develop and then um, to, to, to work properly. So because the, the, there's a spectrum of diseases, they affect people differently. Some people um, have the ability to walk but may trip and fall easily. Um, others don't have that ability to walk and they use um, a wheelchair or, or other type of assistive equipment. Uh, my form is a, a genetic form on birth onset. So I've, I've had um, my form of MD since I was born. And um, I, I use a power wheelchair to roll around campus and go faster than pretty much everybody else, <laughs> all of my friends. Um, you know, so, and, and it's, a, like I said, it's a wide range. We've got people who, like, like me, uh, were born with these diseases and have, have faced roughly the same set of challenges their entire lives. And then we have people who there are later onset diseases. So you may not recognize any symptoms until teenage years, young adulthood, or even beyond that. One of our famous, for lack of a better term, diseases that a lot of people know about is uh, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, ALS, or more commonly known as Lou Gehrig's disease. It's the disease that famous baseball player Lou Gehrig died from. And it is a a disease that always hits in adulthood, and it, it literally attacks every muscle in the body so that a very fit and fully functional person um, starts to lose all of their muscular abilities. Some of the sharpest people I know, mentally, they're, they're smart, they're motivated, um, but they lose complete control of their body. Um, and so we always say that, that a person like that is, is trapped inside a body that, that will no longer function for them. So that's sort of an overview. Um, and what MDA does in working with all of those diseases, we focus on three primary areas. Uh, the first is funding for research. And we put billions of dollars. We are the leading nonprofit um, funding research studies all over the country and beyond, even some international studies, um, hoping to isolate what causes all of these diseases, what we can do to reverse the damage done, and then ultimately to cure, to cure these disorders. And so there, um, you know, it's uh, research that I tell people all the time is obnoxious and obnoxiously and I think unnecessarily expensive, mm-hmm. but it's not something that we have the ability to change. So we just have to raise whatever it takes to fund to fund that research, as expensive as it is. So that's the first thing we do. The second thing we, we do is we provide services and treatments now. So while we're working on that cure, we have a phenomenal network of clinics. 
with uh, neurologists and nurses who are specially trained to help people maintain their optimal functioning, their, their highest level of functioning every day so that they can live the fullest life right now and today. Um, and that clinic network is, is truly amazing. Uh, and then the last thing that we do, and we do a lot of other things, but these are our three big areas, are um, similar to, to clinics. Another area of programming, and one of my personal favorites, um, is we have a, a network of summer camps that uh, offer one week out of the year of barrier-free fun and excitement for kids ages 6 to 17. Oh, cool. And these camps are often uh, the, the first, and for some, the only taste of independence that uh, our, our kids affected by one or more of these diseases get from their parents. And the way we do that is we have volunteer counselors who are paired one-on-one with every camper. So every camper has a buddy for the week who helps them with all of their personal care needs so that they can spend that week away from mom and dad. Um, And that's another way in which a lot of our youth groups help us out. We have a lot of people who got connected through MDA through a service project at school who go on to be camp counselors. And they love that physical aspect of giving back more even than raising the money and, and awareness. Where are those camps? Are they nationwide, different, um, I guess, terrain, different uh, weather, different times of year? Oh, you said in the summer, though. Uh, where are they? We have about 90 different locations wow. across the nation. Uh, definitely want to make it local for the campers so that they don't have to travel very far. So anywhere there's a, a local MDA office, there's a, a camp in within a, a certain radius of that office. So we have about 90 of them, uh, and they are all in the summer, beginning as early as first week of June and going as late in as to third or fourth week of August. Um, so really that summer season from June till Labor Day, um, we have camps. And they're, the locations vary, you know, they're, my, my camp, and I'm, I'm now too old to be a camper, but my camp is in sort of a traditional campground type setting with cabins and a lodge and, you know, athletic fields and that kind of thing. There's a camp I, I visited, I did a, um, a speech at a, a conference in Salt Lake City, and their staff, their MDA staff there was telling me that their camp is an indoor camp at the Hilton downtown. Mm. And so they do sort of, I think some of that's because of the heat and the, the weather um, in Salt Lake City in the summer. But they do, they do everything indoor, and they've got these big indoor pool facilities and other places where, where the kids hang out. And they do it sort of luxury style. Um, so it's, it's different everywhere you go, and that's what makes it neat, too, is it's, every camp has its own little yeah. feel, personal feel to it. Nothing wrong with a little luxury. Our guest is Luke Christie. He's the Youth National Chairman of uh, MDA, and you mentioned, you, you just talked about Labor Day and uh, raising money, and for my generation, we grew up with Jerry Lewis in the MDA telethon over Labor Day weekend. Now, you've been on that show. I have, absolutely. I've, I've appeared on what was the Jerry Lewis Telethon a number of times. You've met Jerry Lewis. I have met Jerry Lewis. Jerry is a, he's a great guy. I always tell people that meeting and spending time with Jerry is like being in one of his movies. <laughs> if you've ever seen an old Jerry Lewis movie, because that's his personality. He is that funny and goofy um, in real life, but he also has a real heart for 
um, his kids, Jerry's kids, and and the MDA cause. He's he has since retired, and is um, I actually saw an interview not long ago. Uh, he's making a, a new movie, really? possibly his last, but um, it's 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 exciting, and, and he's doing great things, um, and is retired in his official capacity with us, but we'll always okay. have a special place. Now, you were telling me earlier that uh, you're actually on, I guess, the board to try to decide how to make the new MDA telethon post-Jerry Lewis, uh, how, how to make it relevant in today's, I guess, attention span or social media. or, or how, What are you doing with this? Yeah, that's right. The, the telethon is, is undergoing, has been undergoing um, a, lot of, a lot of changes. The broadcast for 2012, which took place on Sunday, September 2nd, was called for the first time the MDA Show of Strength. And um, it was a three-hour superstar, superstar show um, with, with a high-energy, high-octane impact effect. And um, I, I think it was very successful. It was a great show to watch. We had a lot of younger celebrities, hopefully some people that will reach my generation and the, and the youth that I work with. And we're continuing to develop that. Um, in a good way. One way in which we have really facelifted the telethon, and we focus on this all throughout the year now, is through the use of social media. So we've had, we, we plug the MDA Facebook, um, which is facebook.com slash MDA national. Okay. Um, and we also do the same with Twitter, and that, that handle is at MDA news. And we, we with the show, we had uh, special tweets from our celebrities about our celebrities. Because the show was shorter than usual, we had all of our celebrities record two numbers, and one of them uh, appeared on the broadcast on television. The other one was an exclusive online-only, kind of a backstage extras type thing that you could only access if you were following us and keeping up with our social media stuff throughout the show. And that was very, very popular. So that's the kind of thing that we're doing to, to evolve and, and involve the new tools, which, which really make an impact. And that's, I tell people that all the time. I have people, um, and I understand this, you know, it's a lot of times people have difficulty asking other people for money. It's a, it's a tight economy where we're strapped, and, and we all understand that. But there's also a huge impact you can make in just raising awareness, just talking about the issues and just saying, um, I want to do something. Maybe I don't have a hundred bucks to give, um, or, or even a dollar to give. And I always say every dollar matters. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter how small the amount, it makes a difference. But even if you can't do that, um, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, retweet our stuff. We put out all kinds of stuff about our research and that makes an impact just by raising awareness to all of our, our listeners out there. You know, that's a fantastic point. If you can't give money, just keep the conversations going, the awareness going. The Twitter is at MDA News. Follow them, retweet them, and then the Facebook is slash MDA National. Follow them or like them and, and share all their stuff on, on that page as well. Now, let's say we do have some money and want to give it to you. What's the best uh, digital avenue to give money to the organization, MDA? Well, you can, you can do a simple, secure online donation at www.mda.org, um, and that's anybody, anywhere can do that. That's an easy way to do it. If you want to get involved a little more locally, I would encourage you to do so. Also, go on mda.org, and uh, right there on our homepage, there's an option to type in your zip code, and that'll give you information for your nearest local MDA office. Great idea. Um, and it'll have address, phone number, and a general contact email 
and you can get set up with them. They'll provide you with human resources, staff members who are happy to talk with you, uh, help you set up an event. And then, of course, if you want, uh, if you want to do a donation that way, they can, they can take a check in the mail or um, come out and see you and arrange something. So there's, there's two easy ways to do it. Um, and, and a lot of the money through just the general national page will get distributed locally. Um, so that's a super easy way to do it. But like I said, if you want to get to know some of the people behind the name of this organization, I would definitely encourage you to go local. Zip code MDA.org. Got it. He's Luke Christie. Uh, National Youth Chairperson for the Muscular Dystrophy Association. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Before I let you go, how can our listeners um, follow what you're doing? What is your Twitter and your Facebook? I I am on Twitter, and I I tweet actually a lot about my work with MDA. Um, In fact, you know when I'm not traveling because my my feed kind of gets a little quiet for a while. So usually when I'm on the road, I'm, I'm on it all the time, and I keep everybody updated. So my handle is at Luke, D as in dog, Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E. Um, so it's at Luke D. Christy, um, no capital letters or anything. Make it easy for folks. You dog. What's the D for? That's right. Uh, my middle name is Darby. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. it was dog. No, so it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's Luke D. Christy. And then Facebook is uh, LD, again, D as in dog, Christy82 on Facebook and Twitter. Um, All right. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, it's just been a pleasure to have you on the show. Best of luck with everything you do. We can't wait to watch you on national television on, uh, on every year's uh, MDA telethon over Labor Day weekend. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Best of luck to you. Thanks so much for having me, and thanks to all of your listeners and to everybody out there. We hope that you'll consider MDA when thinking of service opportunities. As I always tell people, uh, use your strengths to help those who don't have it. Make a muscle, make a difference for MDA. Thanks so much. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.